Yeah, it's the weekend. It is the weekend, dude. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> and it's Mardi Gras weekend. I know, man. Yeah. Ever, what What are your Mardi Gras plans for this weekend? I don't man? ever have Mardi Gras plans. Do you ever go to the parade? I went to the parade here once, and I got like What year was it, by, roughly? Uh, I was in college at ULM, so I don't know. Wait, you got attacked? Uh, yeah, I got attacked by a bunch of cougar women. Oh. <laughs> like drunk cougar women there. Well, that's not bad. I, I, don't, I guess, if it depends on your perspective. <laughs> I was, so that, okay, so that one event uh, made you not want to go to the Mardi Gras parade again? I mean, it was fine, I guess. It was, <laughs> it was fine. <laughs> like, well, I, I don't know, like, uh, those things don't ever interest me. I, I don't know, it's hard for me to... I don't understand, like uh, the appeal. I guess the, of the maybe I had been stuff. drunk. Yeah, I wasn't it's the drunk alcohol. There. That's what the appeal yeah. is. I mean, it's there's only especially in Monroe. There's only a couple of days out of the year where you can legally drink outdoors, <laughs> and it's encouraged. <laughs> it's you know? encouraged. Yeah, maybe that's it. Like, yeah, everybody letting people are sharing worse. beers and and grilled food. And, and, and stories and stuff. Sexual advancements. Oh my! <laughs> Maybe in your situation with the cougar attack. It was like two of them. It was really weird. Uh, like as I was walking away, one of them like pinched my butt. I was like, "Oh my god, I gotta get the fuck out of here." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Well, but you know me. I like personal space. Like if people are getting in my personal space, I'm like, yeah. Uh, no, please go away. That's Watch one thing me. about the parade. It's like uh, there's tons of people. Yeah. You know? And I guess it depends on where you go. See, last year or the year before, 2015, they changed the route to go downtown now. Uh-huh. And it's really cool downtown. Like there's this area downtown um, on Desired called Bride Park, and it's right over the Indom Bridge. That's cool. And there, people just congregate down there now. And uh, tonight, there's going to be a party in the old Coca-Cola bottling plant. Uh-huh. It's right, it's like a block down from where I'm talking about. Okay. That's so cool it's kind of cool. They moved it downtown. The one I went to, they did it down Louisville. Yeah, they still do. They still do that? Yeah, it still okay. goes down Louisville, but they changed the route to go downtown. And then uh-huh. it, it turns right oh. around in Bry Park, and then it goes back to Louisville. Okay. Okay. So it's so a big it's like loop now. Loop. Okay. What what was it before? They just go into It West just Monroe? went all the way down Louisville. Oh, okay. And West Monroe too. Okay. But yeah, I mean, I always enjoy it. Yeah. Uh I mean it was fun. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like I don't want to write rain on anybody's good time, so I just was like kind of Well, you're not a big drinker though, right? No, I'm not. I'm not. I d I don't drink that much. Like, yeah. I think like the last time I ever remember getting like pretty like wasted i guess i wasn't even that wasted i was it was at my brother's wedding (laughs) (laughs) they had an open bar what was i supposed to do yeah (laughs) i didn't want to be there so alcohol seemed like a it's hard to stay sober (laughs) at a open bar or an event that has an open bar it's like well i could just have anything uh okay (laughs) yeah well my cousin was uh no not my cousin my cousin married a guy and he uh, was really drunk, like, he was, like, embarrassing himself, <laughs> like, like, you know, he was really, I, I forgot what he did now, I, now I'm thinking about it, but he did something, and it kind of, like, pissed the whole family off. At the wedding? Or yeah. at the reception? Yeah. Oh, well, he just got, like, plastered, and he was, you know, kind of belligerent, 
And uh, yeah, I, I don't remember. Like, yeah, he just he just drank way too much. I don't remember caring. I was like, yeah, whatever. I've seen people, get, you know, get belligerent when they're drunk. But uh, yeah, it was it was fun, I guess. Yeah, once it gets to that level, you have to kind of take a break. Hopefully, that guy took a break for a little while. Yeah, everybody's cool now. <laughs> we, uh, well, I don't hold grudges, or and I don't really care. I didn't care to begin with, but I can't speak for everybody else in my family. Mm-hmm. Be some still, you know, grudges held. <laughs> That's normal for people to hold, grudges, especially yeah. in the family. I guess. It all seem weird to me because they love each other, you know. And yeah. Usually. Those deep grudges are uh, come from a spot of love. Hopefully, I don't know. Hopefully. I could be naive yeah. about that. <laughs> Hopefully, I don't know. I don't really. I try to stay out of the gossip uh, with my family. Well, that's good. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Lord knows what they're saying about me. <laughs> <laughs> Probably like oh, that fucking hippie commie. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did. Uh, well, I think I told you this. Like that. Uh, this past Christmas, I was uh, at my house. And, like, my nephew, he's out on the front porch, and he's, like, throwing his little uh, doll or whatever it was over the railing and into these bushes. And so I kept having to walk down there and retrieve it for him. And I was like, don't throw this again. And he just, you know, he throw it again. And I was like. He probably thought it was funny. Yeah, he did. He, he was like, he thought it was hilarious. <laughs> but my cousin's little boy, he was out there, too. And he's about, I don't know, he's got to be, like, seven or eight. But anyways, he's just like, my mom says you're weird. <laughs> I was just like, okay. <laughs> and she's like, he's like, yeah. He's like, everybody thinks you're weird. <laughs> and I was like, all right. <laughs> didn't know what to say. I was like, okay. I think that's probably a compliment, though. You could take it as a compliment, even though he didn't mean it as a compliment. Yeah, probably not. But I didn't really. Uh, because probably one way. of the reasons why you are weird, Spencer, is because you're trying to separate yourself from your environment, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. It's a natural thing. And I would take that as a compliment. All you right. know? No, I'll, I'll take it as such. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to take it. I just, uh, I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah, don't I let mean, that like, get to you. Yeah, it doesn't get to me, really. I'm just like, all right. <laughs> like, I'm so indifferent at, at this point in my life. It's kind of insane <laughs> how indifferent I am to everything. I'm like, yeah, whatever. It can be good. Huh? Yeah, uh, it can be. Well, it's good in the sense of like like petty shit. You can just kind of like whatever. Like I don't really care. But sometimes it's I think it's a bad thing when I'm indifferent to things. Like I'll uh, like hear somebody and they'll talk about something awful that had happened, and I'm just kind of like, okay, <laughs> sorry. Oh, like person <laughs> that personally happened to them. Yeah, maybe so like, a- like it's uh, so at times like it's hard for me to make a connection with people. Oh. Because of it, but you know, I'm getting better. I'm not as I'm try to. I try not to be indifferent about the serious things, and try to mm. like weave through the petty shit that people complain about on a daily basis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It seems like people do bring up a lot of petty stuff. That like the other day, I well, actually yesterday, yeah. uh, I went to eat. Uh-huh. Like, I got out of uh, work pretty early. There was nobody up there, so I left around one thirty ish So I took a late lunch, and uh, and it turns out I didn't even come back, so that was awesome. <laughs> anyway, I took a late lunch, 
And it was the middle of shift change at a local wing place. And they were just talking shit about girls that were leaving early. Like, it seems like they were cool with them for a second. Yeah. And then once they would leave, they were like, ah, that bitch showed up late <laughs> and now she's leaving early. That's like, just like... airing out their dirty laundry for a cust- I mean, I'm a customer sitting at a, at a yeah. nearly empty restaurant, but still, you know. You're like, okay. <laughs> I mean, I didn't mind it. I was kind of like, wow, this gives me yeah. kind of an inside view of the restaurant industry a little bit. Yeah. But, so, but as you're it, eating, you're like, this is interesting. <laughs> so Mark over there hates Christina because he thinks Christina was fucking around with his girlfriend. <laughs> <He's> yeah. like, <laughs> like you're learning all their work gossip in real mm-hmm. time. Right. <laughs> it's like being downloaded on you. And it seems like there's, uh, for most people, and I guess in the real world, that's the way it is. That's their mm-hmm. reality, you know? Yeah, it really They is. choose petty stuff to complain about. Yeah, they do. You, you must get that a lot. But do you ever get that a lot at work? Um, not not really. Yeah. Well, you, you, y'all, y'all engineers, y'all are kind of isolated. Y'all are such a small team that I would say maybe it's a bit difficult for y'all to be. Yeah, we're usually petty. talking about what's coming up and the it, what's coming down the pipe, you know? Yeah. Projects and things like that. So we don't really have a lot of time to be, uh, talk about stuff like that. Like that, yeah. Uh, I wish that was the case for us. <laughs> it, I try to avoid it as best I can. I mean, you that's the only thing you can do. <laughs> yeah. And then when people bring it up, I try not to be like, I just try my best not to join them. I'll just like give one of those like, ha, ah, ah, ha, ah. ha. Okay, right. <laughs> let's swap the conversation to something else. <laughs> you try to walk away swiftly? I try my best. Like, I, they, they, they'll direct these things at me because they want me to agree with them. But I just don't because I honestly don't have those kind of feelings for anyone because it's hard for me to even care enough <laughs> to have that feeling to begin with. But, uh, yeah, when they say it, like, they're really wanting me to agree with their, you know, petty view, but I'm just like... Maybe <laughs> I, I feel know. bad about talking about people that aren't that aren't there. Not really so they can defend themselves, but yeah. just it kind of feels weird to speak negative negatively about somebody if they're not there to to hear it. Yeah, right? yeah. There is some sort of like a cowardice to it, you know. Yeah, I would rather yeah, bring it up yeah. to them and kind of highlight respectfully what yeah, right. I think they're doing that could be. Yeah. Maybe they could work on it a little bit. I'd you know, it's do that. weird. No matter, just even outside of work, when people do that shit, like, because uh, it happens all the time outside of work, like whatever circle I'm in, there's always someone doing that. And what they almost always do, they'll say it behind their back or when they're away, and then they'll boast about how they tell it how it is. <laughs> and then I'm like, but you're not really. Like, the guy you're talking shit about isn't even in this room. Like, let's yeah. bring him in here and then let's see what happens. Yeah. You know, let's let y'all air all these grievances out. And you can you can uh, bet that it's not going to be that aggressive. Right. If they're actually they're in the They're going to dial it back yeah. as soon as they come back. They're like, well, I didn't say that you were a lazy punk. I said, like, you just, you know, you struggle sometimes. It's <laughs> like, uh, no, he called you a lazy punk as soon as you left the room. <laughs> When, when that happens, usually when someone's talking about somebody that's not there, I usually pretend like that person is there, and I try to argue the other side. Yeah. I'm like, well, maybe it's really like this, and I've kind of gotten a habit of that. That's that's fun. I actually think that, that helps some ways, but it's weird. Sometimes like if you're trying to get on the other side, 
They're like, no, no, he's lazy. <laughs> Don't try to defend him. <laughs> You're like, whoa, dude. I think the reason why I don't like it and because I find it petty because I'm like, there's no way you can know that dude's whole story. Mm-hmm. You're just seeing one aspect of some of like something he does. Maybe he's not doing his work on time. Maybe, you know, this person does uh, flirt too much. Like whatever it is you're bitching about them about, that's not their entire, that's not the entirety of who they are. That's just one aspect. So I think the reason I hate it is because I'm like, that's not the whole story and that's not the whole picture. That person has other, you know, traits and attributes to them than that they're just, you know, lazy or incompetent or, you know, gossipy, whatever it is. So, uh, yeah, I think it's like summarizing people up and like giving them just a few characteristics seems a bit ridiculous to me. Uh, but I agree. Mainly because I don't think anybody's that, you know, simple. Yeah, I think all of us are extremely complex, and I guess subconsciously or consciously, we choose to convey certain attributes out there. I guess it's hard for people to open up to to people just from the beginning, you know what I mean? Yeah. So a lot of people are guarded. Right, and understandable. Like, yeah, it's okay to be guarded because, you know, I mean, some people are assholes. (laughs) And they'll take that information about you and they'll, you know, they'll fuck with your life if they can. Ooh. Yeah, no, they can. Uh, this doesn't mean everybody's like that. Uh, but it's okay to be a little guarded at first. But, you know, if you really want to get to know somebody, you got to do more than just, you know, your five minutes worth of observation at work or at home or whatever you're doing. You know, it's it t- to understand somebody takes more than just, you know, that just five minutes of observing their behavior from a distant life. So what you're saying is you should employ a private detective to really know somebody. <laughs> no, you don't, even, you don't even have to do that. Why not just talk to them? Yeah, and, I'm just joking. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know what? You said that, but there are people who are probably already thinking that, like, so i got to, like, investigate them. Like, <laughs> like, no, you just got to talk to them, and they'll open up eventually. They'll just be like, yeah, you know. You just have to be non, like, what's the, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, you have to be, you have to let them know that you're willing to just listen. Uh, even if whatever they're saying is bad shit crazy. I think I, I think I learned that when I was talking to, like, Klansmen and stuff like that. Oh, God. Yeah, because, like, I, you know, it's obvious to get, not that I'm agreeing with them, just to be clear, I'm not a Klansman. I think... <laughs> It's ridiculous, but <laughs> if you want to talk to these people, you have to uh, sort of be willing to let them just share their ideas, no matter how ridiculous they are. Just like, okay, well, tell me what you think, and they'll let you know, and it's horrifying, <laughs> but if you let them talk, that's the way, if you let them get whatever it is off their chest, no matter how ridiculous it is, that sort of opens the window to you seeing more of them than just like the white supremacist aspect of it. And so it's sort of the lesson I carried away from that was like, yeah, they're white supremacists. Yes, that's ridiculous. Yes, uh, they're misguided and they are subscribing to an ideology of hate. But they're more than that, you know, uh, to their family, they're a husband or wife, uh, a loving husband or wife, uh, just a racist <laughs> loving husband or wife. 
And, you know, there, there's more to them than just that. And, you know, usually what I find with people like that uh, is that it's really just years of, of being in the shitter that sort of warps that kind of, their, their minds to that kind of thinking. And plus, probably their parents <clears throat> sort of uh, from birth have yeah, they definitely preached a, a message of hate from a racial point of view, maybe. Yeah, it's just easier to explain your situation that way. It's not it's not easy to think about. I'm in this situation not only by my own actions, but by an environment that's always evolving, always changing, and so that's very complex to think of. And people don't want to think about that. They don't want to think about how tax codes or you know small you know government type deals or you know anything really. Everything in your environment is affecting the way you think. And they don't want to think about that. It's just easier to say, well, it's just, the reason I'm poor and can't find work is because all the black people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's easier just to say that. It's because the government is giving them jobs because they got to meet minority quotas. So that's easier to explain away to them than, okay, that's not actually true. What the real issue, what the real story is is a lot more complex than that. But they can't handle that. So they just back into racism, xenophobia, stuff like that. Because on the surface, it's easy to sort of categorize stuff, I guess. Right. It's easier to think that. And plus, you can assign blame to something tangible that you can understand. You know? Uh, so that's just kind of how they operate. They're just looking for that. That, that made me think about the, um, the, the, dude, the gentleman that started befriending members of the KKK and he was black. Yeah, I, I, I saw, saw like, that. Yeah. I thought that was great. That was on like PBS or something yeah. like that or some type of documentary. Yeah, they he like can he just talks to them and convinces them. I think that He great. like becomes their friend. I think he's going a little little too far to you be honest so? with. Him. Well, may, not I wouldn't say that it's a bad thing, yeah. but I personally if I if I was black, mm-hmm. I would not engage members of the coup. <laughs> right. But this no. guy is crossing the line. He's like, "Hey, let me shake yeah. your hand. Let me hang out with you. In fact, you can borrow my truck for your rally next week." Yeah. You know he goes that far. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. like, I'll t- I'll give you a ride to wherever you need to I be. I think that's great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I think it's cool too, but I wouldn't do that. Yeah, he's taking a risk for sure. Yeah, I mean, like as a white guy, there's not as much risk of me talking to a Klansman as like if you're a black guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's great because you're because uh, I think he understands that. Okay, we can. It's easy to demonize someone like that. I mean. Because it's, it's so obvious now. So it's easy to demonize that person. But if is demonizing them, it's sort of like this mentality I think a lot of people have where if I treat someone like shit enough, they'll change. You know, That's, That doesn't always happen. Maybe it happens in a few cases. But if you treat people like shit, usually they only get shittier <laughs> afterwards. So I like his tactic. He's saying instead of uh, you know just doing the obvious, which is like, oh, fuck the Klan, fuck... Fuck these white supremacists, you know, which is easy to do because it's easy to get outraged over it. He says, I'm going to show them that they're wrong by proving to them that they're what they think about black people is just not true. And I'm going to be that example. Yeah. And he's making progress. I mean, people are turning away from the Klan all the time. They're in their g- he has a collection of Klan robes that people have given him. Like, yeah. okay, I'm going to leave the Klan and I, I want you to have this. Yeah, and that should like be celebrated. He has a closet full of them. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, he's making more progress on combating 
white supremacism than, you know, anybody on TV condemning them. Incredibly brave, man. Yeah, it's brave. Yeah, it, it takes it takes a brave person to choose that kind of path because you're basically saying, I'm going to be vulnerable this whole time. And that like that's what I'm going to be. I'm going to be vulnerable to show to you so you can prove to yourself that you're not the monster that everybody thinks you are. So, and I think that's what's happening. And so, like, in that's like, you ever watched uh, that Vice uh, Land, Hate Thy Neighbor? I've seen, I guess, part of an episode yeah. at work. We had it running. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I was, I need, I've been meaning to check more of it out. Yeah. Th- well, there's an episode where he goes into like a neo Nazi, white supremacist. Like he's infiltrating them and he's just, uh, you know, you know, documenting what they do. But there's this one guy in particular who you can almost, you can tell he's like on the cusp of understanding what he believes is ridiculous. So like he, he it's like the weirdest thing you'll ever watch. You'll watch this guy who, you know, hates black people and, and Jewish people. But like, it's like he's struggling to be friendly but at the same time, maintaining that ideology that, like, you're inferior. I think you're inferior. So it's really it's really just odd to watch. It's like, he's, like, right at the cusp of, like, understanding that everything he believes is bullshit. I give it a couple years, he'll break yeah. on through to the other side. Yeah, hopefully so. Hopefully so. Yeah, and that's what it looks like. But, you know, just as there's guys like that, you know, in that same documentary on that same episode, there were other guys, like, that are, you know, totally fake. And, like... Kind of reminded me of how people are in the South uh, here, where they'll smile, they'll act nice to black people or whoever in front of their face, and they're like, yeah, man, I'm cool, bro, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, I do that all the time. That's just because I'm a retard, and that's how I've always been. He's just, fist bumping, I by the way. I do fist bumps all the time. It's just quick. It's very little human contact, which I like. Yeah, so, you know that dude, <laughs> uh, I guess he was doing... Some game show, uh, damn it, I forgot his name. But he is he is a uh, germaphobe, oh, is and he? he only fist bumps people. Can't yeah. remember his name. Jesus, let's make a deal, guy. Maybe a, I don't uh, know. Wayne Brady. No, no. I'm bad at names. And Drew Carey. <laughs> it's a bald guy. A bald guy. Fucking bald guy. Steve Harvey. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> It's a bald white guy. Oh, I remember. Uh, oh, white guy. Okay. Uh, Howie Mandel. Howie Mandel. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. Is yeah. that it? Yeah, I, I don't know how I know this, but somebody told me at one point he was a germaphobe. I don't know how I know that. It doesn't seem like anything I'd ever ask, but... Uh, Howie Mandel. But apparently... Oh, deal or no deal. Deal or no deal. He right? has OCD. Hmm. And, yeah. So he does just... not shake hands, apparently. Oh, Everyone knows that <laughs> Howie Mandel does not like germs. America's Got Talent judge and former host of Deal or No Deal has such an irrational fear of germs that he wouldn't shake hands with contestants on the show. Yeah. The closest he would get was a, was a fist bump. Yeah, my boy. <laughs> I'm not a germaphobe. I just don't like human contact that much. That's one way to do it. Yeah, But see, that's what I say. Those people will always act that way when black people are around. I think that's why I get so frustrated with like when people uh, sort of like we're kind of living in this weird time where there are people that harbor these deep down feelings of racism and they only come out uh, when you allow them to speak in confidence. 
So you just, you know, they all, they'll, they do the same thing. They just, they're like, <laughs> they'll just wait. They'll do, you know, look around. Okay, nobody's here. All right, let me tell you about black people. And <laughs> you're like, okay, God, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, and that's kind of what in that documentary, Hate Thy, Na- Hate Thy Neighbor, that's what they do. So he's talking to this neo-Nazi, and they're basically getting ready for a swastika burning. But they won't let him on the property to get up close and see it because all the other Nazis aren't comfortable with that. So instead, they make him sit across the road in like a lawn chair and view it through binoculars. Wow. And, and so like the guy comes over, the neo-Nazi comes over there and he's like, look, just don't come near us. Like, you know, just stay here and everything will be cool. He's trying to be nice in the weirdest way. Like he's saying you can't come to our party because you're black. But he's trying to do it in like the nicest way possible, where he's like, "It's not you, man. It's just you know how it is." <laughs> like, it's like, like this kind of attitude, like just just stay on your side, and we'll have no problems. And it, like the dude's just pressing. He's like, "Why can't I come over there? Is it because I'm black?" And like he he doesn't want to answer it because he knows that's what it is. And he just doesn't want to say it outright. But the second he goes away, like they forget that they're mic'd. And that their mics are still hot. <laughs> so the second he goes away and goes back and joins his neo-Nazi friends, they start talking shit about him. <laughs> like, they call him, like, a sand monkey and all this stuff. And, like, the sound guy for the crew is, like, telling him this. He's like, dude, they're still talking. They're talking shit about you. You want to hear this? <laughs> and, like, the guy's just listening in to, like, him calling call him the N-word and all this stuff. And, you know, it's it's, like... When I saw that, I'm like, that is so many people in this community. It's, it's, uh, it's like scary because that's what they'll do. They'll smile, they'll be fake, and they'll act like they are It's because they're diverse. confronted. But the second they walk away. They don't want to get jacked, man. Right. <laughs> no, they don't. If they, if they ever said anything they really felt, it would cause a lot of problems. And some of them do speak their mind uh, and, you know, don't don't uh, hold back at all but for the most part of people it's the situation which is exactly what you're saying there like it's like they know there's something wrong with what they're saying yes they can't admit to themselves that there's something wrong with what they're saying. yeah they know it's wrong and they're scared to really confront people confront yeah that because they'll get confronted yeah because they'll be like that's ridiculous well and it's easy to see where it comes from you know when you think about like older communities it was totally about like the reason why I don't fall for the welfare shit, especially like when people have this sort of outrage over people on welfare is because I know where that comes from. Like, I think, I think what's frustrating is like people in my generation, they're, they've so deluded themselves. They're so delusional now as to where that came from, but like they don't want to recognize that, you know, the animosity towards people on welfare comes from a race, racial place. Um, like I can count, like growing up in the community I grew up in, like there were so many, like, and I don't know why these older white people always confronted me about it. I think it's because even as a kid I was sort of interested in, like, like what's this all about? You know, life in general. Like, I was curious about that stuff. So those deeper philosophical aspects, and so I think they were trying to project their worldview onto me because of it. And so, like, I never had a shortage of, you know, older white adults in my community pulling me aside 
and trying to explain to me why black people are just the worst thing ever. <laughs> and and welfare was always used on it. Like, uh, like there was this, like I remember I was at this baseball park and there was this woman who comes to watch one of her sons play and she has like four other kids with her. And like the, one of the attendants at that game, one of my friend's uh, parents, he like, you know, I'm, I'm like staring at them and he sees me staring at them. And for some reason he gets it in his head. Like, I'm just going to tell him how that woman just had all those kids to suck up welfare. Like for no reason. Like he just notices me noticing them. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know I know what you're thinking. Yeah, no, yeah exactly. I'm going to tell you what I'm thinking. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I don't think you do know what I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, I just kind of stare at everybody. It's probably why everybody finds me weird. <laughs> but he sees me staring at them and he's just like, you know why she had all them kids? Shows she could suck up more welfare. That's how them blacks do it. Let me tell you. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm like, holy shit. I'm like, what's going on here? But... If he went over to that woman and talked to her, he would have been the nicest fucking guy. Mm-hmm. He would have been like, oh, hey, how you doing? Such beautiful kids over here. Yeah. A little rugger out. Man, he'll, he'd come back to me and he'd just be like, yeah, them little hooligans over there. <laughs> like, it, it's the weirdest thing. It's like they can be incredibly nice in their face, but the second they step away from them, it's just utter... Insanity. <laughs> it's the toothpaste people of the South. <laughs> and there really is. I, I don't, this is why I don't give names though, because uh, there's so many of them now. It's like, it's really shocking uh, how many people kind of harbor. But it's like this rule now. As long as I don't say it in, in, in public, as long as you don't have any record of me saying this, I'm not racist. <laughs> That's what it is. It's like the weirdest thing. But, it's, it's just why I'm not fooled by it anymore because I understand where it comes from. And I, and I think they just don't want to admit that they were raised by people who were incredibly racist <laughs> and had very horrible ideas. I don't think they care, though. Some like, of them don't. Yeah. You're right. But I think some of them, they just have a hard time admitting that, yeah, my grandparents and parents' ideas were pretty horrific as far and as And once you get to a certain I mean, age, I don't think you can go back. I mean, you can. You can have a change of heart yeah. and stuff. I and I guess know. it will be it's it, just harder. Yeah. Yeah. All right, man. I gotta. Uh, I gotta go to the pet parade. I gotta uh, do a uh, run called the Jester Jog, the and Jester then jog. is that named after you? No, no, no. But the I gotta do it since it's the last name. You know, I gotta. Yeah, yeah. Of course, man. And I haven't trained at all. Oh yeah, I was about to ask you that. I was like, have you been getting back into running? Uh, I mean, <laughs> up here mentally, up yeah. Here, yeah. I've ran marathons, but then the last couple of days in my head. Yeah. But not not on my legs or anything, not physically. Well, it's going to be uh, interesting. Maybe you can help me train for one. Uh, for a marathon? Oh, start with a 5K, man. A 5K? No, yeah, no, yeah I'm not going to do a marathon. Hold okay. On. Let me rephrase that. <laughs> help me train for running in yeah, general. Yeah, yeah, sure. Because <laughs> at this point, I was telling uh, Fung, one of, our, one of our friends, and uh, I was telling him, I was like, you know, look, I'm not, I'm not slow. I'm fast. I'm like, I just got like two minutes in the tank and then I'm done <laughs> Like after that. So I was like, you can run from me. I was like, I'll probably catch you. But if you can just outlast me for two minutes, like, yeah, you win. <laughs> That's I'm how you start, out. man. It's a lot of run yeah. walking, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, man, we'll do a race together sometime. That sounds good. We, uh, yeah, let's you know, let's do that. I need to get into shape. I've been trying to make myself. I just jump on and off workout and diets all the time. So I need to figure out how I can stop relapsing. Uh, Speaking of uh, the goes. diets and jumping on and off, I've been doing these green smoothies every morning, man. Green smoothies? Yeah, so I've got just a little bit of almond milk in there, okay. a, a bunch of kale, probably like six cups of kale in the blender and some frozen fruit to give it that consistency of the frozen consistency and cold. Mm -hmm. And I've been doing that for breakfast every day. I feel great, man. Oh yeah. I'm losing a little weight too. It's pretty cool. All right. I think I'm going to have to give that a try. Vegetables are just so fucking hard for me. (laughs) Yeah. But that's one way to get your, your fruit and vegetable servings of the day, you know, um, just Just to put it all in a smoothie. Yeah. Because if I were to not blend it and eat that for breakfast, that's a lot of chewing, and that's impossible to do. Yeah. So when you could just kind of chug it all. Chug it down, yeah. Ah, that, it's that been working sense. out. That makes sense. I, I, I need to get one of those blenders you were showing me, the Blendtec. Yeah, man. I think I, like, I've had one in my Amazon cart for like They're expensive, <laughs> dude. Every now and then, Bed Bath & Beyond will run a special on Blendtec blenders. Oh, really? I think the 320 is the one we have, but we got it from Bed Bath & Beyond. And we got like... Something crazy, like 30% off or 40% off. Oh, sweet. It was like a holiday weekend or something, but yeah. be on the lookout for that, dude. Okay, I'm going to have to do that because those spillenders are like $200, $300. Yeah, they're expensive, but it's <laughs> worth it. Yeah. Well, yeah, I saw the guy. You showed me the video of the guy like blending an iPhone in it, and I was kind of impressed. I was like, because it was like, it was just like this gray dust while he, when he was done with it. I was yeah. like, what the fuck? Now, you can't, I don't think you can blend the iPhone in that model, like the one that I have. Yeah. It, that's for their like Rolls Royce of Blintex. Yeah. yeah. That's their cream of the crop there. But isn't that crazy? They're blending. Yeah. Anyway, I got to get out of here, man. All right, dude. I think I held you up long enough. No, it's cool. <laughs> This is a little short podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed it, and we'll be back uh, soon. Uh, Next week, me and my wife are going to New Orleans for Mardi Gras, and then Boudin's got some shows the following weekend, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So we'll probably get another podcast together um, after that, maybe during the week. um, But anyway, thank you all for tuning in.